We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey Sean, we're gonna we're gonna uh, go here real quick. Sure. Uh, Logan is now sitting here talking, so let's uh, let's pull this one up. Thank you for coming out here. And Can everybody hear it? Secondly, I would like to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for putting me in the position I'm in today. I would like to thank my parents, coaches, and everybody else who has supported me throughout this process. I would like to thank all the coaches that have believed in me and have given me an opportunity to play in their program and has gone out their way to build a genuine relationship with me. With that being said, I'm 100% committed to the University of Notre Dame. Go Irish! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So there you go. That is it. We'll go ahead and go out of here, Sean, and and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Logan, uh, Logan Thomas. So Logan Thomas has committed to Notre Dame. Really nice, uh, really nice, I would say, uh, ability to, hey, let's redirect, right? I think it comes at a, a perfect time to say you're losing one guy. Yeah, exactly. You're picking up another guy, uh, a guy that a position that Notre Dame really needs, a Viper, but uh, it kind of helped. Okay, we talked about Owen Wafel. Now let's talk about the kid that is coming to Notre Dame. <laughs> well, and I tell you what, you were just talking about them wanting length and athleticism and all that stuff. Like this guy has got some length when when you oh, look yeah. at his film. I mean, he's obviously 6'3", 210, and he's you know, and and at two ten, that's that's around if I remember right, probably around twenty pounds lighter than Isaiah Foskey walked in the door. Sure. You know, and right. so he's still got some room to fill out, but what you like about him, like what I like just watching him is he's got that length, but he doesn't, for a high school kid, he doesn't move like a guy who is just long and lanky. You know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's purpose to his movements. Obviously there's explosion to his movements, which I'm sure you know, well, some interesting things, Sean, you mentioned him being six, three and two, six, three, two, ten. So one of the things that was interesting about his recruitment is, Notre Dame liked his film. They liked his athleticism. They liked his versatility. But early on, he wasn't necessarily like a top, we have to get this kid target. So he had a very good uh, combine this January. The all, uh, the US, well, it used to be the Army All-American game. Now it's just the All-American game. He went to the junior combine and performed very well. And then when he visited in March, they liked him. They were intrigued by him. But they wanted to kind of see, okay, um, you know, what kind of size does he have? What kind of length does he have? He actually measured in at Notre Dame at six, four and a half. So wow. he's grown. And here's a very interesting backstory for you. Cause you know, you always hear about these kids growing and oh, this kid might have a growth spurt and all this kind of stuff. So as I was talking to Logan and then I talked to a couple other folks that were able to verify this. So he has about three or four different relatives. One's a cousin, one's a grandfather or something like that, that had really late growth spurts. He had one, I believe it was a cousin, for example, that graduated high school at 6'2", but by the time he was 24, was 6'6". He's had several people in his family like that, and it's like, we don't understand why, but we just have people in our family that just have later growth spurts. Man, and so, nice. Yes, exactly. I know, right? I wish I would have grown an inch and a half between my junior and senior year. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that that is something that kind of when Notre Dame saw that, when he visited and saw the size, I mean, you know, he's standing next to Justin Scott, and you're like, this kid's really long. And they were able to see the frame. He's got broad shoulders. He's got the ability to put on weight. That's something that Matt is a big for visits. Is you know, Matt Bayless sizes these guys up and says, hey, mm-hmm. this guy's going to get bigger and stronger, but he's not going to lose his athleticism because that's part of it. Is you can get any defensive lineman to two, 300 pounds if you wanted to. You know, 250, 260, that's not the problem. The problem is, can you get them to that weight and they maintain their athletic ability? That's the question. And and so once he kind of passed, the, checked those boxes, he all of a sudden shot way up their list of guys they wanted. 
And so the, when the frame and the body matched the film, that's when Notre Dame really made their push. And he went from guy they liked, guy they were intrigued by, to a guy that they made, put, made a very hard push for. Freeman was on him. Chad Bowden was on him. And, of course, Al Washington was on him. And Al Washington did a really nice job with this recruitment. Absolutely. So when you look at kind of the big picture now, what, what, what impact does he have on this 2024 class? Well, it's a, it's a big, it's, it's a big pickup in a lot of ways, Sean, obviously when you look at it, number one, just from a perception standpoint, he's a four-star recruit on three has him ranked as the number 101 player in the country. I think, I think uh, rivals has him in the one sixties, two, four, seven was in the one eighties. So it gives them another valuable prospect. I believe I'm actually going to look this up while we're talking, Sean, but I believe this puts them at number one in the country in the 2024 class. Uh, 24 class rankings, I believe. No, nope, actually, uh, Michigan picked up a, a commitment recently. So, uh, and I forgot about dropping Owen Wafel, but this is going to put them up to number th- back up to three. So, they if, if they did still had Wafel, it would have dropped them up to, to number two, excuse me, in the rivals rankings. But, uh, and, and a couple other people picked up commitments today. I, f- I forgot about Jaden Riddell committed to Georgia. So, anyway, but it jumps them up the rankings from a perception standpoint. But more importantly, how does he fit into the to the, what they're looking for, right? So right. when you look at Notre Dame's recruiting, they ended up only signing one defensive end uh, in the 2022 class because obviously Tyson Ford moved inside pretty quickly. You had Aiden Gobira as an outside guy, and then Donovan Heinish as an outside guy. Well, then as the year went on, quickly Josh Burnham and Junior Tillamaka moved to the end position as Vipers. Then last year, you signed four defensive linemen. For a time there, Notre Dame was contemplating going with five for sure and then maybe going to six. I think now the focus is more on we want to get definitely four and then five if you can get a stud like a a Justin Scott or an Elijah rushing. So what you do here is you get your third end in the class, which was needed. But beyond that, Sean, where this is an important commitment is this kid gives you a true viper. Now, Cole Mullins can play Viper, and, and he was recruited to play Viper as well, but the, also the thought of he could also play the field end position. What Logan gives you, and, and Cole Mullins, is who's still my number one ranked defensive player in the class, Logan Thomas is now number two in the class for me on defensive side of the ball. But what Cole Mullins gives you is more of a an Isaiah Foskey type of Viper, bigger guy, more of a true edge player can drop in a coverage but but you know with his body type you're going to use him as more of a on the line of scrimmage type of guy mm-hmm. but he can also play the field end position especially with the way that they're transitioning to that position now what logan thomas gives you sean is a true viper sort of that hybrid type of viper which is a lot like kind of what they had with dalen hayes a guy that can line up off the edge rush the quarterback a guy that can play the run a guy that can drop into coverage from the edge and a guy that can play off the ball and even do some things or even, you know, move around and blitz from different spots, kind of like yeah. what they'll do with Jordan Patejo at times. So, right. so I think the Jordan Patejo, Josh, he's more of the Jordan Patejo, Josh Burnham, Dalen Hayes type of Viper that is more of a pure stand-up guy as a po- or a guy that can move around and be versatile as opposed to, you know, the Foskey type, which is you're just coming up off the edge and you're just you're a true edge player. And I think that's something that they really wanted in this class. And there weren't a lot of guys like that on the board, especially guys you thought you had a great shot at. Getting Logan Thomas, a guy that Notre Dame clearly valued, gives them that type of player. And he's got some, as we'll as we'll find out here soon when we pop up to, pop up the film, Sean. He's a kid that's got the athleticism to to be that kind of guy in time. No question. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that I you know that really stood out in watching some of his film is that positional versatility. 
that you're talking about, you know, the ability to do different things. And, you know, he did, you know, you'll see him drop into coverage a time or two. And he he covers a lot of space, whatever he's doing, <laughs> whether it's whether it's coverage or whether it's, you know, getting to the quarterback, rushing the passer or just pursuit from the backside. He, he covers a lot of space in everything that he does because he's got so much explosiveness to go along with that big frame. And so um, that's the thing, too, is when you talk about how it impacts the class, you get a kid like this, and now it allows you to say, okay, you've got him, you've got Cole Mullins, you've got Bryce Young. They're kind of keying in on Sean Saviano as the nose guard. Now it's kind of like all your efforts can go on to a, the Justin Scott and Elijah rushing types now, you know, and, and you can put all your focus on them. It also gives you a chance that even if those guys commit to other schools, Sean, you can say, okay, we've got everybody else we need. Now we're going to keep pushing for those guys we want, even if they commit somewhere else. So it would be very smart for Notre Dame, even if they do lose a Justin Scott or an Elijah Rushing, and we'll get into more of those guys here later, you can still kind of focus on those guys. And and so that's what a kid like this does to the class. It gives them a very – I mean, look, you think about it, Sean. they got three ends now, Logan Thomas, Bryce Young, and Cole Mullins. They are three mm-hmm. very different players. And I think that's important because it's – we saw this with Texas A&M a few years ago. Remember they had that great – great defensive line class. I don't know, like eight kids. And I'm, and I'm sitting there looking at them like there's like two body types in that group of eight <laughs> kids, like maybe three. And, and you're just like, how are they going to play on these kids together? Cause they, they all are kind of the same guy for the most part. What you have with the three ends in this class is you have three very different players. And it would not surprise me at all. If we get here down the road, if these, if these three kids can play together, I mean, it would not shock me at all. Bryce Young right now is 6'5", 245, 250. Well, when his dad signed with Notre Dame, he was 6'3", 245. Well, he, by the time he's an NFL Hall of Famer, he's 6'3", 300, <laughs> right? And we've seen Bryce already put on 40 pounds. It would not shock me if Bryce puts on a number, uh, you know, another, gosh, 30, 40 pounds at least, and he ends up being a Easily. Jason Onye type, right, yeah. as an inside guy. Then you have Cole Mullins as the field end guy. Then you have uh, – Logan Thomas is a Viper type, and all of a sudden your three guys can play together. And so I think that's important when you look at, at getting these type of players is they do bring some versatility. Because what was one of the complaints we had about last year's D-line class? Very good class, like four talented players. But they were kind of all the same guy. Right. You know, they're kind of all like big end, three techs, you know. And mm-hmm. Devin Houston was some was different only because he was bigger. But even his game was very similar to their games. You know, they were all kind of the same guy. This year's class, the thing I like about it at end, Sean, is you've got three very different body types and three very different um, skill sets that allows you to to do different things with them, whether you're going to have Mullins and Thomas as a one-two Viper punch with different what they bring different things, or if you're going to play these guys in complementary fashion across from each other, You've got a lot of options there. And so I think that's something else that he he brings to the table when you look at this class. All right. So do you have some film for us? We do. Let's dive into the film room, Sean, and, and take Sweet. a look at this young man. Obviously, uh, you're, you're going to see a kid that I would say has probably grown at least an inch since we saw this film. But it's interesting, too. His sophomore season, he was far more productive, you know, like 16 tackles for loss and nine sacks. Uh, nine to 10 sacks, depending on what you read. But the thing that about him is he was a more of a pure end. His numbers weren't as good 
this uh, past season, and he only played seven games, but he's they asked him to do so much more, and he looked like a completely different player. This is the kind of the things that you're talking about here, Sean. Uh, you see him, he's lined up off the ball on the first snap. The next snap, he's actually inside in a five technique over the tackle, mm-hmm. playing outside, and then you're going to see him literally dropping into coverage the very next play. I mean, so those are the things that you look at and say, okay, his first three plays shows you exactly what Notre Dame is talking about when they tell this kid, we love your versatility. We think you can do a lot of different things in our defense. That's exactly what they're talking about is, is, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's the versatility he brings to the table. And, but, but one thing you can see on film, Sean, right away, as you mentioned, this kid is very long, <laughs> very long. And he can run. Too. I mean, that's another thing. He's got a really nice mean. burst. Go ahead, Sean. For his, no, yeah, just what you were about to say. I think for a guy who's six three, that that burst and acceleration that he has, it doesn't take those long limbs long long to right. get going. He explodes. Right, and it can sometimes mask how well a guy runs. I mean, he ran like a four seven something at the junior combine, and then I believe he won MVPs at that, and that's that's pretty good for a six foot four long junior in high school, basically. That's moving pretty good. And when you talk about getting him into a strength program, that's going to stand out. I, this this is one of those – there's a couple plays he has that really stand out to me. Here you see his length shine. This is a big kid that he's lined up against. He's able to use his hands to get the guy rocked back and discards him pretty easily. I mean, the block destruction he shows there is impressive. But, you know, he goes against big – look, anyone that's familiar with Katy, Texas football in that area – they're playing big time teams. He's facing a bunch of Division One football players. I was gonna say that's that's a he's not playing small school football there no. in Texas. By no, any, he's not. By no, he's no. not. Now he's still a bit a bit raw technically, and there's some things to work on. But most juniors in high school are, to be completely honest with you. But I think he's got really nice change of direction, as you see there. His closing speed is really impressive. Uh, I think he's got he's got a lot of tools, and he's only gonna get better i mean this is another example of now he's making plays from the inside lined up with his hand in the ground gets outside beats i mean he just beats the guy off the ball and once you once he wins with that quickness and speed there's really not a lot that that the defense is going to be able to do to him so i i really i really like this pickup and you can see there's a there's a play coming up here in a little bit where he really rocks the guy and i'm I'm looking forward to seeing that i remember that that's what i was i was wondering when that was coming up that's the one i'm looking forward to as well (laughs) yeah it's like the it's like the reverse pancake basically well there's some too for all you film junkies the people that really love watching film there's six or seven full games at least I stopped actually after about six or seven, there's six or seven full games on film uh, from TV copy. Now, look, that doesn't help you if you're evaluating a receiver, a safety, a corner, but it's great for you if you're trying to evaluate a lineman because you can see all of it. Right. And so if you want to, if you're someone who likes game film, I love game film. I watch it anytime I can find it. Uh, There is game film from him from his junior and senior seasons on YouTube if you look it up. So there's a, there's a lot of good film available to this kid. So you're able to do a real nice deep dive into this kid and, uh, and, and bring some of that ability to the table. That's a really nice play, able to get around the edge. He doesn't have a great angle from a stance. He just beats the kid off the ball mm-hmm. as a nice bend, leans into the guy, doesn't let him ride him too far outside and then closes on the quarterback. So uh, he's, he's got, a, he's got a lot of tools, a lot of tools. Here's another one. This is the same game where he's playing inside. He just beats the guy inside. It's another play in the backfield. I'll say this, his numbers that they report do not match his film because like they say he had five tackles for loss and one sack. And I'm like, I'm thinking if I saw at least three sacks in this game, 
Yeah, no kidding. I've certainly seen all five of his tackles for loss if that's all he had last year. So maybe he had a bunch <laughs> of plays draw, you know, taken back by penalties or something. This is a really nice burst off the edge here. It just beats this guy out of his stance, really. I mean, it's like you say, Sean, you talked about those long strides. Look how look how look how much uh, ground he gains with just two steps. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really eats up a lot of space with with his first two steps. Really eats up a lot of space. So see the see the length there, see the long arms. There's also a, oh th- that's the there one I'm go. talking about. <laughs> this guy gets on his heels a little bit, and then Logan just makes him pay for it and just yep. not rocks him back. So yeah, he he he's got some tools. He's got a lot of things to work with, right? And you know that's why you know Georgia offered him, Texas A and M offered him, Texas offered him, USC offered him. He had a lot of impressive offers. Oklahoma wanted him. Uh, he made a lot of trips to Oklahoma as well so uh, this is a really good football player the other thing too sean which we didn't get into when you're talking about the class impact part of it the the other thing too is it's not to be dismissed that they're getting back into texas for another big time player and they're they're not getting these texas kids they got four last year obviously got the three receivers braylon james Jaden greathouse caleb smith also got micah bell uh the cornerback and then this year now this is their second texas commit correct logan thomas being the other I mean, excuse me, um, Leonard Moore being the other, but they're not getting these kids from like the sticks, right? There's some, some random town, you know, like when you think of the rookie, remember the movie, the rookie with Dennis right. Quaid, like some nowhere <laughs> town. The, yeah. Yeah. Like nobody's Dirt ever heard fields. of. <laughs> they're getting kids from Austin, Dallas, Micah Bell's from Houston. Uh, Katie's a huge area. They're getting kids from the areas where their big boy football is being played. You know, Austin Westlake was arguably the most dominant program in the in the state of Texas the last three years, and they got obviously Jaden Greathouse from there. Uh, Caleb Smith played in really good area football. This kid plays against a great competition. So Notre Dame has made Texas a priority. They've made Georgia a priority. They didn't have a ton of success in Georgia last year. This year they're having a lot more success. So of their 16 commitments, five of them are from the states of Texas and Georgia. And that's huge for Notre Dame because, you know, I, I wrote an article recently, Sean, and, and I'm, I'm sure you saw it. But when you look at the NFL production the last five years, it's not Florida that's number one as far as producing the most NFL draft picks. It's Texas. Still Texas. They've got 155, Texas 150. Well, who's number three? It's Georgia. Yep. And so, you know, you're starting to have more success there and they need to have more success there. But making Texas a priority has been so important. For this, for this coaching staff and a very smart decision because this is the kind of kid, this is the kind of area where you can get some impact players. It's also the kind of area where some kids can tend to get overlooked because there's just so many players they can maybe get overlooked and masked a little bit. And I think that's a little bit of what happened to, to Logan Thomas. And then eventually teams caught on and you saw his offer list really blow up. But Notre Dame was able to get involved with him early enough to where they were able to make up a lot of a lot of ground. And I, I talked to him, I interviewed him. So I actually interviewed Logan on just a little backstory. I actually interviewed Logan on it was, was fr- Friday, I think Friday, uh, had a chance to sit down with him, interview him for the commitment story. So he actually committed to Notre Dame during his visit this past week. Okay. Obviously he's just going public now, maybe it was Saturday. I forget which day it was, but it was kind of done over a couple of days that he was, the day he was leaving Notre Dame. We talked a little bit before he left. Uh, then he had to fly home. We caught up the next day and finished the interview. Uh, but one of the things, too, about this commitment that I like is he hasn't even really connected with the class a whole lot yet. He doesn't really know a lot of the guys currently in the class. And so if he's already committing now, once that connection happens, you feel like that's going to help him a lot. But he also hopefully is a guy that can help them 
now recruit some other guys in Texas because absolutely they've got two now, but they they want Kedron Young, who's from Texas, Lufkin. They they want uh, they like Paul Menke, who's a, who's a kid from Samuel Clemens, which is where uh, Colin Hill played. They like Oliver Miles. That's another kid from Texas. So there's still plenty of Texas kids on the board for Notre Dame. Now you've got two kids committed to from Texas, uh, one from sort of Austin Dallas Dallas ish area, uh, and 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 uh, and the Round Rock area with uh, Leonard Moore. Now you got a kid from from Katy, Texas, which is, um, you know, it's um, it's important, Sean. I mean, it, again, it's it's very important to get down to Texas, and now you're getting a kid who's from, you know, I think I think Katy, if I remember correctly is more let me let me look this up i think it's like southeastern part like closer to houston yeah this is a lot closer to houston uh, so now you've got kind of two kids from this region whereas like round rock and uh where braylon james is from and where or the austin Moore area. is from yeah. yeah it's more of the dallas austin area and so uh because i think austin's what a couple hours from dallas right i believe it's at least a couple hours south yeah yeah yeah, so I believe it's just north of Austin, and of course, Jaden Greathouse was from Austin. So it's it's important. It's very important to get these kind of guys. Very very yeah. important. I mean, it it's been since you know, like Notre Dame hasn't had this Texas priority since they went after Jason Street in Friday Night Lights, right? Like it's <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really has. It really has. Um, but well, uh, it, has this has has this sort of re-emphasis? Has it come from the top down? Yes, you know, it, it's a it's a Chad Bowden, yeah, it's a Chad okay. Bowden, Marcus Freeman thing. Yeah, it's it's hey hey we need to we need to recruit elite athletes, right? Not just good football players, but also guys that are elite athletes. And they it was obvious from early last year. As soon as the the new, I mean, you it's part of the reason that you brought in Chancey Stuckey. Not the only reason, but it's part of it. And so you say, okay, well, they they clearly made Texas a priority last year. Was it just because of the Chancey Stuckey thing? There just happened to be a really good year receiver, or is this a serious thing? Well, it became pretty obvious early on, Sean, that this is this was a strategic thing, not just a let's take advantage of the fact that Chancey was already down there recruiting these receivers, and it makes sense for us to go after those guys. Looking at it from the coaching standpoint, you know, because he already has that relationship, and it's not necessarily a a pro Texas move i think that's been that question about whether or not it was that has been completely answered completely in this class not only do you have two commitments but you know they're recruiting i mentioned the kids earlier that that i brought up that that we were talking about they also went down and recently saw nathaniel palmer who's a running back from texas you know that there's um uh, we talked about logan thomas that they're after we talked about the uh, peyton pierce was a kid that they wanted from the state of texas and there's other kids from Texas they would gladly have gone after if those kids were as interested in Notre Dame as, as maybe some other people. They tried to get Kobe Black as a the guy they liked the cornerback early on. So uh, they're definitely hitting the state of Texas hard. 2025 is no different, Sean. I mean, if I'm doing my math correctly, I think they already have 15 offers out in the state of Texas in the 2015 class. Uh, they've already had two receivers from the state of Texas visit. Uh, I believe – I could be wrong on this, but I believe – that they had a, a tight end, Jack Van Dorselayer. I believe he also visited during the winter spring area or spring period. I believe he visited Notre Dame as well. So they've had several kids, even from the state of Texas in the 25 class, already visit Notre Dame. And then, of course, on top of the kids that they've offered. So it is a very clear shift that Texas and Georgia are going to be very, very important priorities for us 
uh, as a, as a program, when you look, when talking about, this is not us, like I'm saying, uh, but like when you look at it from the coaching standpoint, right. it's very clear that they look at those areas um, and say, Hey, we've, we've got to get in there. That's the key. Hey, it's a hotbed. Just like that's you, right. You just said, you know, just where's the talent coming from Texas's traditional hotbed. So and, you gotta get and also finding an area, Sean, where the kids are going to be, more interested in coming to play for Florida is just a tough state for Notre Dame to get into. They'll get a kid here, kid there, but it's really a tough area for them to really recruit the way that they've recruited Georgia, the way that they're recruiting Texas, Texas, for whatever reason, has more kids that are more amenable to leaving the state. I mean, Braylon James said one of the things he wanted to do is he, he wanted to get out of the state of Texas. He wanted to expand himself. Part of it's the education system. Part of it's the parents. I mean, you have a lot of parents down there that are like, Hey, you know, expand your options. Whereas sometimes when you get to some of these southeastern states, there's very much this push to stay home, stay home, stay home. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Texas, you find more parents. Hey, go see the world. Go, go take your visits. Go, go check out places like this. And I think that's really helped them a ton in that state. So that's part of it too, Sean. Is you got to find states that not only are are where the talent is, but is this a, a state that we can actually have success you in? Can, yeah. Exactly. And Georgia and Texas have just been have has more kids that are amenable to leaving the state and coming up north than Florida does. It's just yeah. just the way that it is. And so they're they're taking advantage of it. And and so far, I mean, goodness gracious, this is now commitment number six from the state in two years. I think Ryan did this like they had three kids the previous five years. I mean, really? They're, they're cre- oh, yeah, they're creeping up on on getting as many kids from they're not going to be too far away from getting as many kids in Texas in a two year period as they got on Brian, almost Brian Kelly's entire tenure from Texas. And some of those kids were like the Jalen Browns, the Cam McDaniels, the Colin Hills, the, you know, some of the, some guys like that, that were either late takes or projects or guys you landed because you were missing on guys, plan B guys. These guys are all plan A guys. Exactly. These are all, like we really want Leonard Moore. We really want Logan Thomas. We really want the receivers. We really want Micah Bell. And so it's a different quality. And the last piece is that Sean, it's pr- it's premium positions. It's not just getting a bunch of tight ends because you know they've landed Durham Smythe and Brock Wright who are really good tight ends, and you know they've landed some some you know undersized defensive linemen like Colin Hill was an athletic kid, but he was 6'2", 215, 220 pounds. You know, just really really short kid very limited. It was, it was guys like those Cam McDaniel, Jalen Browns that weren't top level guys, but also, I mean, you're talking about three receivers, two corners and a pass rusher. So it's also about getting the premium positions from the state of Texas. So I think that's another piece to this puzzle too. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Well, should I ask you what comes next? Yeah. Like, like is... Yeah. Because, you know, I think that we know what every, you know, who everyone wants to be right. next. But what is next now for 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 Notre Dame? Well, in this class specifically. So now now you're looking at it, Sean, you're talking about getting four, five, if you get an elite player. Well, you've got three or four and we know what the fourth guy is going to be. 
they they want to get a nose tackle. They're they've put their emphasis on Sean Saviano. He's slated to take visits uh, in June. One of them being to Notre Dame. I believe he's also slated to take visits to I think Ohio State. I'm gonna look look up his information here real quick uh, as well and uh, and and um, see exactly where he had scheduled visits. I know he had scheduled uh, three or four officials already for uh for this off season so i'm gonna i'm gonna try to find his uh his official ones now but anyway sean the the big thing there is he's obviously a guy that they're pushing for after that it's just okay we've got the guys we want now it's time to go after the studs and who are the studs it's just i mean it's really at this point in time it's justin scott and, and elijah rushing so right now um seviano has two two officials that i can find set up and that's to ohio state uh, then the first weekend of June and then Notre Dame the weekend of June 16th. So uh, it could go past his visits. It, it could also get wrapped up a lot quicker. We'll have to see uh, how that, how that all shapes up, but now it's okay. You got your three, go get your nose tackle. But now at defensive end, it's okay. Elijah rushing. You're the guy you're, you're who you're who we want. You're, you're what we're going for. And then Justin Scott, Hey man, we need you. You're the, you're the missing link. You're the key to this whole thing. And I think that's where their focus is, is going to be on now. And so it's, it's, um, you know, there's other names. People are going to ask me, what about, what about, what about, I'm not leaving really anybody out. Those are the two pro- are going to be the two priorities on top of Seviano as, as a nose guard. So uh, I think that's where their focus is going to be on this one moving forward. All right. I just saw what about. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I, cause right like, I'm not, that. I'm not like an Elijah rushing type. I'm like, I think I believe that's what their focus is going to be on now moving forward is, is Scott, and rushing. I think that's where they're at. And I think that's um that's what that's what they're gonna try to finish the class off with. And if they get Seviano and they don't get rushing or Scott, I could see them stopping at four and just moving on to next year and just trying to load up on next year's class. And so I think that's kind of um that's kind of that's how I see this one kind of playing out at this point in time, Sean. I, I think I think what the when you look at what they're trying to do and with the you know, they were originally talking about five, maybe six. I, I think it just comes down to they like the kids they have. And if they're going to get to five or six or to five, it's going to have to be a stud. But this now leaves them some room to a load up next year if they're able to. You still have some portal opportunities open now for next year with with this position group. You also have a situation where, um, you know, you, you could use that maybe that extra spot somewhere else, an extra DB, an extra running back, an extra tight end, things like that, where uh, I, I, I think it's wise, Sean, also to, if you can load up, load up with studs, right? No, 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 no brainer, but maybe not load up with guys who you like, but maybe are a bit, 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 bit projectable because if this team is going to be as good as the coaching staff believes it is, you have to strategically plan for that. Now it's risky. You're betting on yourself a little bit, right, Sean? But if you believe truly that this team is going to have a really special year, you need to make sure you leave a spot or two open in case some kid that right now you want who isn't looking at you as much as he's looking at Bam on Ohio State, he may change his tune if you go into the season and beat Ohio State and beat USC and all of a sudden you're a playoff team. Right. And I think this staff is more willing to leave a spot open or two for that. Uh, than than maybe previous staff was and not so much a negative but I think that's the reality of the portal because you can take that chance and if you miss you can fill it in the portal yeah it's a good point. I actually think it's a smart strategy 
is as long as you're not saying, oh, no, Justin Scott or Elijah rushing, we're not going to take you, but you still take them and they would still take them, but maybe not go get another Logan Thomas, another Bryce Young, another Cole Mullins or an Owen Wafel, use that spot for a stud or, you know, somewhere else we can flip a guy later. And if we can't flip a guy later, then we'll use it in the portal somewhere. And I mean, look, that's part of it. That's part of this. There's this thought, Sean, that people have. We'll just load up, just take everybody and figure it out. It's not practical. You, you just, you literally can't do that. Especially, you have to be smart about where you are with certain numbers at certain positions. And as much as people want to say, oh, just load up, just load up, just load up. At some point in time, you got to say, okay, we've reached our peak at this position. Now we have to focus yeah. on other needs. Exactly. There's, there's a whole roster you've, <laughs> you have to continue right. to build, continue right. to work on. <laughs> right. Right. So that's where we're at, Sean. So you want to, you want to head to, to, Oh, we didn't talk about Justin Scott. Let's, let's just kind of get into that specifically before we go to the okay. mailbag. So obviously Justin Scott, um, uh, went into Justin Scott, I should say, uh, it announced his top five today. So he is, um, it was Notre Dame, Miami, Michigan, Ohio State and Georgia are his top five. And he has official visits set up, I believe, to um, what, four of them? And one of them is not Notre Dame. And the, the fifth that doesn't have it is, is, is obviously Notre Dame. So you can say what you want about, uh, about, about how you're feeling about, um, you know, Justin Scott. And I know that Notre Dame uh, is high on him. They think they've got a shot at him. And they feel good about it. But the, the reality is the kids got visits to four of his five finalists and Notre Dame is not one. Now, I do anticipate that if he is that 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 there's a chance that he's going to take a visit to Notre Dame in the fall. I certainly could see that he's talked to Notre Dame about that. But I, I think Notre Dame has lost all the momentum here. And I think that Miami, Michigan, especially are two teams that I think have gained a lot of my a lot of momentum here. I would argue, Sean, that Notre Dame isn't even number two anymore with wow. Justin Scott. Now, I don't think Notre Dame would agree with me on that. I think that they, uh, because of what they're hearing, but it just strikes me as like a, when I talk to sources around Miami, I talk to sources around Michigan, I talk to sources around Ohio State, they all say, hey, this is a, this kid's going to go to, um, this kid's going to Miami. The only people that tell me anything other than that are sources I have are, you know, connected to the Notre Dame program. Well, we, we've kind of been down here this, this road before. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I, I hope that the Notre Dame staff is right. That's what I'll say. I hope they're right, but there's just, a, there's too much out there for me to, to think that right now, as it stands right now, that they're going to, that they're going to get Justin Scott. And that could change obviously, but I don't think things are going in the right direction. And, and, and the other thing too is if Notre Dame is smart, Sean, it, it won't him committing won't matter to them. It, it it won't, especially if he does it early. Miami had a lot of kids committed last year that uh, didn't stick stick in that class, right? And and I think it's a situation where you stay on them, you you keep recruiting them hard, you you treat them like he's not committed, you keep trying to get them on campus for visits, you keep doing all those type of things, and because it doesn't matter where a kid commits, it matters where a kid signs. It's just right now, I, I don't think Notre Dame has the momentum, in my opinion. How much of Miami's recruiting pitch, not just with Justin Scott, but in general, is 
is NIL, you know, upfront related type stuff. I think a lot of it is. Yeah. I think a lot of it is. And, you know, we, we heard things early on and, and this is not heard things, but this was coming from the family and from Justin that that wasn't a big thing, but it's one thing. It's one thing to say it when it's not there. It's another thing for those offers to then start rolling in and then still say no. That's a harder thing to do for some people. And so um, I just feel like it, it has factored in because, I mean, this is here's things we heard. NIL early on from a lot of different people. NIL wasn't going to be a very big factor. It's there, but it's not going to be a huge decision maker. And he's not going to go very far away from home. Okay. Like neither of those <laughs> things are like where it's looking right now. Right. That's exactly. why I say though, but that's why you stay on him, even if he commits to Miami. Cause I still think those things deep down are where Justin is, but he's 17 years old. He's going to get caught in the, you know, he was at South beach in the middle of summer. I mean, or in the mm-hmm. middle of spring, like, Hey, that's a pretty attractive place to be. Uh, Miami's just throwing stuff at people. I mean, that's why they're, I mean, I, if I could tell you some of the stuff I hear about what Miami's doing right now with, with paying kids and stuff like that, you'd be like, I wow, how's, how is the NCAA not doing? Because the NCAA is doing nothing right now. Mm-hmm. And Miami's taking full advantage of the fact that there is no oversight at all from the NCAA right now. None. Now, they'll hammer Miami's women's basketball team, right? They'll get slapped on the wrist for, you know, recruiting those twins from where I forget the twin girls where they came from. Yeah. Fresno, right? But, you know, football team can just do whatever the heck they want and, and there's nothing, you know, and that's just, that's the reality of where we are at this point in time. Fun, interesting fact, their dad is actually from South Bend. He's a South Bend St. Joe grad and a lifelong Notre Dame fan, interestingly Who, enough. The, the Cavender the twins? twins. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Did not they were know born, that. They were born in Spin. Yep. Did not know that. That's interesting. Were they very good? I know one of them put up good numbers. They were, they were both um, all-conference players when they were at Fresno State in the Mountain West. And then when they went to Miami – one of them was second team all ACC. The other was more a reserve, you know, gotcha. ACC level. So, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. That'll be interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's it. That, so we can kind of, we can kind of go, we can kind of dive into the mailbag now, Sean. I think all we right. got, um, let's do it, baby. We, we, we got some stuff. So that before, Hey, before we do that, folks, do us a favor, right? Hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit that notification bell. If you've not done so sign up for the message boards at boards, dot irishbreakdown.com you want to check that out we got obviously i put two very long intel pieces up today on this own wafel thing we'll have some more stuff coming up here soon a lot of good discussion a lot of film rooms you are not going to, want to miss out on the message board i can i can assure you of that so definitely sign up for that at boards at irishbreakdown.com
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.